Hey everybody, this is your old pal Sawtooth Frank. This is episode 81 of the Soft Serve Podcast, and I just wanted to say at the beginning we had a little bit of technical difficulties with our guest's connection. It didn't sound as great as I wanted it to. And about 16 minutes in, we reconnected with her, and it sounds much, much better. So please hang on and try to make it to that point. We had an awesome, super fun conversation about conservation. Stay tuned. Thanks. Listen up. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the podcast participants and not to any participants, employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. You know, for fun. So lighten up and enjoy. All right, Stomping Jen, episode 81. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? 81 episodes. Who would have thought? I don't know. We've come so far, yet we have so far to go. (laughs) Every week. Now, we have a very special guest with us, a serious guest. Mm-hmm. There's going to be no no hijinks, no hijinks like we had on episode 80, where I lost control of the podcast. Yes, we're going to stay in control this yes. time. And our guest this week is another town official. Stomping Jen, you are a town official. We have another town official joining us. Excellent. Erica Cross, the conservation administrator for the town of Belchertown. Now, we are going to say hello to Erica on the other side of this intro, okay? Okay, all right. All right. I'm waiting. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll into it. All right. Soft Serve Podcast. Creamy, delicious ideas without the creepy truck. Oh, yeah. Have I asked you before, is that you, like, gasping for air while running? Yes, I ran two miles before I recorded that little bit. Is that for true? Gasping for air. No, it's a sound effect. Sound effect? Okay. It's just a sound effect. Stop it, Jen. All right. You know better than that. Mm. You know, I have a whole... You love your sound effects. ...board of sound effects here. Okay. We mentioned before we had a guest with us this evening. Yes. Erica Cross, the conservation administrator for Belchertown. So we want to say, hello, Erica. Well, hello, guys. How are you doing? Awesome. (laughs) Thank you for coming on. Yes. We're very excited to have you. Yes. Now I'm really excited to be here too. Yes. One of the reasons we wanted to have you on is during this pandemic, this COVID nineteen, where we're all cooped up in our homes and going stir crazy, we wanted to try to highlight 
interesting people in the community. And we have turned our spotlight on to you. <laughs> we think you're an interesting person in our community. So um, we wanted we wanted to showcase to others what people are out there doing to help mm-hmm. to help us all. Right. <clears throat> right, Stomping Jen? Right, because there's so many people who are outside now uh, who otherwise would not be... Uh, seeking the solace of the outdoors um, right. away from their house. And people have, uh, in typical, normal, quote-unquote, situation, would be very busy doing sports-related things and running around and doing things. And um, one of the things the pandemic has sort of forced people to do is to go outside of their house and go out and be in nature. So... Hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, so we went out in nature and we were talking on a trail and we're like, we don't know anything about how these trails get maintained and how they get decided on. And, and I said, oh, we could talk to Erica. (laughs) We should have her on. (laughs) Here you are. Yep. Excellent. And, and, and now hopefully I actually have answers for those questions, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's a very long list, Stomping Jen, of questions I have developed in yes. isolation from you. You great. have no idea. I love it. He's come prepared tonight, Erica. Yes. It's um, great. <laughs> Erica, one of, the, one of the things you'll know, as we've done these community spotlights, uh, Stomping Jen has been mercilessly critical of me for not being prepared enough. <laughs> so tonight... Not, you're over-prepared tonight. Tonight I come prepared. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now... Before we get into business, there's just some thank yous we want to say, right? Yes. There are folks out there on the front lines of this COVID-19 pandemic helping society run. Mm -hmm. These are people who have come to known as essential workers. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Who are they, Stomping Chat? They are healthcare workers and first responders, EMT people, fire, police, supply chain, delivery people, grocery store workers, people who work in pharmacies, personal care attendants, hospital administrators, conservation administrators, conservation administrators, (laughs) stomping Jen, don't forget those, exactly, podcasters, you always forget, right, the entertainers out there Mm -hmm. trying to spread a little cheer, that's right, Um, one of the things Space Unicorn looks forward to now every week is John Krasinski's some good news. Oh, is she watching that? Yeah, we've been watching it on Monday mornings. Okay. And for those who don't know Space Unicorn, she is our pod daughter. <laughs> this is true. Right. Our pod daughter. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thank you to all those people who are out there risking their lives. And um, we're not going to thank the people who are out there protesting their right to go out. Now, we'll talk about them in a minute. I have a thing or two to <laughs> okay. say about them. Believe me. Oh, I believe it. Okay. Oh, I believe it. All right. And finally, mm-hmm. well, not finally, right? I have no idea what you're about to say, so sure. <laughs> well, we want to we wanna ask people who may be stumbling upon this podcast for the first time, and we get new listeners every week, mm-hmm. to subscribe and download our episodes, okay? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, now I forgot about the mental health workers. Oh, don't and forget about the them. teachers mm-hmm. and the parents. How dare you? All right, so who else am I forgetting? Um, I don't know. You were going to say subscribe, download, yeah, and subscribe, share with a friend. Yeah, subscribe, download. I've you all twisted. Now. You twisted I'm, me I'm up. really sorry. You went out of order. I apologize. Yeah, you, you threw me for a loop, Stomping Jen. Right. So, well, let's bring you back in. All right, how do I get brought back in? I just did. I gave you up. Your, I opened the door for you. You just need to step. <laughs> so you're telling through. me I need to walk through this door that you opened for me? Okay, I'll do it. Just like go. I, I lost a thought. You, you ever lost had the, a thought? Yeah. Have you ever had Where that happen? Where did it go? I don't know. It did it fly away. out the window? It flew out the window. <laughs> I opened right. the door and it left with it. All right. Well, that was a good segue into our news segment, right? Um, We've done the intro. Sure. Right? We yeah. said hello to Erica. We did. We thanked all the, the essential all the workers. Uh-huh. We asked our new listeners to subscribe and download. Yeah. We won't do it all again. You are all discombobulated. Yeah. Can you get back on track, please? All right. I'm going to... Let me try by playing my news bumper. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> that will help me, I'm sure. All right. Hold on. Oh, what a great bumper. Oh, it's so glorious. Especially when it screams. All right. Can I ask you a question? Is that your heart beating? Did you put the it's microphone my, yeah, I rec- to your yep. chest I did. and record your own heart beating? Mm-hmm. Was that you screaming? And you notice, you notice how that's a very um, passionate uh-huh. beat. Could you detect it? I was thinking about you when I recorded it. It's like I need to. Th- Think about <laughs> stomping Jen. Oh, really get aw. my heart. Really get my heart going. Oh, thank you, Sawtooth Ray. <laughs> oh, poor Erica. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is really. <laughs> I need a a lie detector determined that that a was a lie. A lie detector test determined okay. that was a lie. All right. So here we are. Yeah. Right. We've yeah. been starting out this segment every week mm-hmm. for eight weeks, checking in with each other in yes. this quarantine. Yes. It's, it's very w- important to check in with each other. Right. It's week eight. So Is let, that for true? It's week eight. Oh That's what's God. written here on this outline. It has to be true. All right. Right. All right. It cannot be wrong because I right. wrote it. All right. So let's ask, let's ask our guest, Erica, mm-hmm. to tell us, how are you doing with this quarantine? Anything you want to tell us? Um... I'm going slightly nuts, not going to lie. Um, the mm-hmm. quarantine is killing me. I am really grateful for my job that I actually still get outside. I can get into my office and do stuff. But but honestly, I I have a thrift store addiction. And I haven't been a too and, and I have a problem and it hurts. <laughs> do you have a... Um, do you have a favorite? Sorry, go ahead. Do you have a favorite thrift store in the area that you like to shop at? I, I do. I have two. I do love the Goodwill and Hammers. I love the people down there. They work. I always find tons of great stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the Cancer Connection in Northampton, and it's a little more curated, but not any more. You know, not any more expensive. And it's got some really fun, unique stuff that even my 16 year old asks to go there and is like oh, when can we go shopping at cancer connection you know and it's a fabulous nonprofit that benefits um you know people suffering cancer mm-hmm. how could you do any worse than that that's true you can thrift fulfill your uh craving for 
slightly used clothing bargain hunts. Yeah. And, well, yeah, and support it's like fashion hunting. Right. And support and yeah. support uh cancer uh patients at the same time. Exactly. And and also you can support the environment um that you know effectively buying new clothes especially with our fast uh, fashion cycle is one of the largest um you know and shipping um one of the larger producers of the carbon dioxide and dyes and toxins that are being introduced into our environment and by simply buying second hand clothes for the store you can uh, reduce you know you get 10 used items, it's basically taking a single car off the road for a year in terms of um, emission reduction. So it's all around a fabulous way to shop and it's cool for treasure hunting. Mm. So I won't tell you about my week eight of quarantine endless shopping (laughs) addiction on the internet. (laughs) Why not? Amazon's getting more and more tempting, I understand. She's saying it's not a good idea to buy new clothing. (laughs) I bought a bunch of stuff this week. I know, I bought a bunch of weird shit. But you're also stimulating the economy, so that's not bad either. Yes, this is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What weird thing did you buy? Me? Yeah, you. I bought two hose backflow preventers. (laughs) What's so funny about that? <laughs> Where exactly are you having so much backflow that you need two of them? Well, it's to prevent um, backflow from our hoses into our house. I'm worried about it. It's something that keeps me up at night, this backflow issue. <laughs> Potential backflow. Um, during a world pandemic, this is this is what keeps you up at night, yes. <laughs> yeah. Turning on the hose. Yes. Um, yes. I bought a quick connect set to connect my hose to a pressure washer for some that reason. It's code for something. <laughs> yep. I don't know why, but yep. it definitely mm-hmm. doesn't sound kosher. Yep. Okay, I am actually all on board and want to know if I can borrow that power washer now. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Get in line. There's somebody else who wants to borrow it. And I've, I've lied to them and told him it was broken. <laughs> Are now he's listening to yeah, this podcast. Uh, he doesn't listen to this, even though he appeared on it. Um, what else did I get? I bought three Viking beard rings from some company in Norway. Yeah, we got charged a foreign transaction. Fee. Oh, that means they're probably being shipped here on a boat, right? I don't know where they're coming from. What? What? What, what exactly is a Viking beard ring? So I have a longish thick beard you have a majestic beard stomping uh-huh. jen is it majestic uh, it's something all right yep so it's a um i needed i needed to buy large metal rings to kind of hold it all together right and because I, the ponytail holders aren't doing it anymore oh yeah it, it, the elastics don't work you went full cyberpunk with metal rings <laughs> Uh, the elastics will work, but I need like three or four of them right. usually to kind of keep it all maintained. So one big beard ring is going to work well for me. That that will That's what I'm hoping. Do the trick. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, stomping Jen, I'm I'm slightly distracted because I'm wondering if we should try to call Erica's phone directly. You think so? I think Zoom. I think when we. we we decided, I think, when we're doing one-to-one calls, it might be better to actually call people. What do you think? We can. Right. Erica, how do you feel about that? I think that's fine by me, okay. yeah. 
All right, Stomping Jen, you hold on one second. You talk to Erica, and I will be... Um, Where are you? I'm just going to go, I want to go get that little connector thing. Oh, okay. okay. All right. He's going to go get some technology. In the meantime, we're going to talk, but I don't have your phone number. <laughs> so you can text it. Do you want me to text it to you? Yeah. And he's going to call you because my phone is out of juice. Oh, no. Uh, you can't find it? Of course you can't find it. The little connector thing. Oh, boy. Um... All right. You should do that now. So I will tell you about the crazy purchases that I made while he's looking for this thing. <clears throat> so, oh, really? So I bought a pair of, last month I bought a pair of Adidas with hologram stripes, iridescent stripes. <gasps> They're that amazing. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And then it's at 33%. And uh, this month I bought a pair of rainbow patent leather so when i say rainbow they're black they're like oil slick right so like you know when you look at an oil slick and it turns yeah. rainbow yeah. and shimmery yeah. i bought a pair of those doc martens Type in her. oh my god did you buy the exact same pair of doc martens my daughter is oh, wearing no. right now are they the same <gasps> did they come with rainbow laces yes and, and the stitching is rainbow those are yes. sick ass yes yes, yes. went up like in your coolness factor, 50 million times. Yeah. Those, I bought those yeah. and they came this weekend and I'm super excited because they're squeaky. That they're is awesome. awesome. Yeah. Those are fantastic boots, to be honest. Yeah, they are. I, yeah. Now, after you tell me that, I don't know if I want to acknowledge what my random Amazon purchase was. <laughs> All right. Well, are we going to call her? Yeah, let's try calling her. All right, we're going to call phone. you. So um, hang up okay. on this and then he's going to call you right now. Okay, perfect. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye. Yeah, uh, pull that wire. Pull that wire. I need the wire. Yeah. All right, people. Sorry for the technical difficulties. I'm so excited to hear what she bought. Hopefully this works. Oh yeah, that sounds better already. Hello. Oh, that Hi. sounds so much, so much better. better. Oh, that sounds so much better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yep. So lesson learned, Stomping Jen, when we're okay. doing direct calls, yes. phone to phone. Phone to phone. Next time. Phone yeah. to phone. Okay. Excellent. Sorry about that, Erica. It's our fault. Yeah. And That's I get, all right. I get super distracted when technology um, doesn't go right. When technology doesn't go right. All right. So, but well, this is awesome. So tell us about your purchase. Yes. Oh my goodness. My Amazon purchase was, I was on Reddit and, and I saw some um, hot dog and marshmallow roasters that were actually boobies and weenies. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought them and mailed them to my friend and she's like, what the hell? I, I've been thinking about ordering these but I didn't remember ordering them and they just showed up on our porch. She's oh like, this God. is awesome. That's yeah. awesome. We're going to get kicked out of all the cookouts. Oh my gosh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much weird stuff on the internet. Do you get the wish.com uh, oh, no. Should I check that out? Oh, no. Don't check it out. It's super <laughs> creepy. Some of the stuff they have on there is super funny, but like really inappropriate and creepy and crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just like the like the like wild, wild west out there on the internet. But we're trying to make ourselves feel better by shopping. Yes. It sounds like all yes. of us. Yes. Yes. Trying to find something or like especially things that make us think about things that we're gonna do and be productive like cookouts or like doing your yard and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
And then so today, because <clears throat> I'm obsessed with like glittery, rainbowy things, um, uh, on my Facebook social media <clears throat> uh, timeline, I got posted an ad for thigh high rainbow glitter disco a go go boots. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> I said, I'm on a couple different group chats and I sent it to my friends and they, yeah. they were like, I, don't you think that one pair of shiny boots a month is, is fine? Because I've now bought two pairs of shiny shoes. No, I, I endorse these. You should get them. <laughs> oh, oh, I should tell them that you said I should get them now? Mm -hmm. All right. I think so. And I'll send you the link of the giant full body butterfly suit that my girlfriend just ordered and you can wear those with them. <laughs> oh my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can prevent the backflow <laughs> from our own. Oh, jeez. I knew those backflow connectors were going to come back up. Yeah, great. Um, so ridiculous. All right. So I said I was going to talk about this. Yeah. I just, Erica, I have to tell you, I went to Home Depot this past weekend and I came back white as a ghost because nobody was social distancing i saw a few people with masks i'm very concerned i'm really concerned to be honest as well i, I feel like it people are getting so stir crazy that mm -hmm. they're feeling like they want to push boundaries yeah and i mean i don't know if this is super appropriate but i heard the best explanation about why we should all be wearing masks possible and if you and your buddies we're not wearing pants and your buddy tried to pee on you. You're both going to get pee on you. Mm -hmm. If you wear, if you're wearing pants, well, you know what? Less of it's going to get on you. It's mostly on your jeans. But if your buddy's wearing his jeans, it just gets on him. Mm -hmm. So we should all wear our masks. So we only get our pee all over ourselves. Right. Yes. And then you get the idiots mm -hmm. who are like, oh, that doesn't really work because really it's akin to wearing a pair of fishnet stockings, not really a pair of jeans and blah, 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 blah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, it, you know, and I'm just, it frustrates me that I'm like, but can't we, isn't a little bit better, better than not? Right. Like nothing. I mean, right. do we have, do we say if we don't get perfection, why even bother? Right. No, you keep so, trying until you get it right. That's the thing, right? So that's like another argument that people use. Yeah. Well, you know, people don't use the masks correctly, so they may as well not even be wearing them. And then they touch them and they make it all blah, blah, blah. It's like, ugh, people. Please. Yes. I went on yes. a 20 mile bike ride this weekend mm -hmm. with our children. Yes. And we wore masks the entire time. The entire time. Did it suck? Yeah. yeah. At points when I was climbing up a hill, it totally sucked, you know? Right. But I wore the mask the whole time. Yeah. You're doing what you have to do. Right? I'm trying to set. Right. socially responsible Ex model for others exactly like I, I walked into a store recently and completely forgot i walked in and i stood in the middle of the store and i go oh my god turned around walked back out got my mask and came back in yeah. you know is it's you, people can make little mistakes but try yeah. you know yeah. just we should all do our best and you know i unfortunately i am aware of how certain municipalities have backup plans about 
you know, pe- people are really concerned about what will we do if too many people pass away and how what will mm-hmm. we do with their remains? And mm-hmm. these aren't, these are things that, you know what, it stinks wearing a mask, but I, I don't want to be the person that puts somebody in their grave. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want that on my soul and I'll put a mask on for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and I just I I feel like the the warm weather came around and people were just like, oh, the heck with yeah. this COVID nineteen thing. I'm getting yeah. out there. I want to do this. And yeah, yeah. And when they get on our conservation lands, I mean, we I want people out there absolutely, mm-hmm. but they forget. Oh, we're outdoors. It's okay, and they start right. standing closer and hanging out, and congregating, and it's. I've been you know promoting the idea of seeing a turkey vulture wingspan apart. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's a good metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We can all pretend we're turkey vultures, and but um, yeah. And and it's instinct. You want to be around people, but yeah, we got to get the message out to behave responsibly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like people were out talking about um, people having like barbecues or like fires where people were coming and congregating together this weekend. And I saw. Just- I saw lots of uh, house parties in yeah. Amherst. And it's, you know, it's like one of these things, you know, like I miss my friends. I really, really do. But like, I'm trying to do the right thing. And then you just feel like a jerk and you feel like an idiot. You mean being locked up with me 24 no. seven isn't enough for you? No, no. <laughs> it's, it's hard. You can ask my husband about it too. He'll agree with you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. And then... So, like, you know, I have a couple of other thoughts about this. Like, first of all, I think that we're all going to be wearing masks for a long, long, long time. Like, a lot longer than people realize. Right. I agree. I think that is really one of the only ways we're actually going to be able to, quote, unquote, get back to work in this country. Yeah. Is by wearing masks all the time like they do in Asia. Right. Um, And I don't think, um, I don't know how Americans are going to deal with that because they're America. Yeah. Right. But, you know, maybe maybe the answer is we make it a fashion statement. Like right. a lot of those plague mm-hmm. masks were kind of funny. Yeah. But if we're all wearing them, what if we try, you know, maybe like we could all try and have really cool looking masks and people will want their own. I mean, fashion works, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. There was a woman I work with who was on a Zoom call this morning, I think, and she had her like black polka dotted mask to match her shirt. <laughs> is, is that, is he, and I think that's so yeah. cute. Right. Because she was, she's like, I have to coordinate. Oh my God. So yeah. cute. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, I think, I, I think it kills me. It's just, it just, it kills me that people like are not. And then the other thing I think is just the scary side of it all, where you have people revolting and, and, and protesting. And I'm very, very, low-level anxiety about the whole thing yeah yeah i i think i'm mostly angry because it's it's they're protesting that they want a haircut they want it's they want other people to be exposed for their benefits and it's and that's what it actually makes me angry that you know i'd like a haircut but i'm not willing to ask other people to be forced off unemployment and to be forced to know sick days and to be forced to get sick mm-hmm. so I can have small conveniences. Like it, it really, I find it very selfish. It is yeah, very and, selfish. And if you're not being proactive, right, in reading a lot of the case reports about what's happening to people who get this disease and how bad it is in 
um, certain metropolitan areas, you could legitimately think that this is not a real threat, right? Mm -hmm. And the nature of a viral threat like this is that you know, you're walking around, you're feeling fine, you don't know you've been infected, you can't see it, and then when it hits you, you know, a week after you've been infected, you know. Yes, you've already exposed how many people. That's right. Unless you were wearing your mask in public the mm-hmm. whole time. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 So yeah. wear your masks, people, please. Yes, please. Even if you're doing Even if you're activity. going outside and taking a walk and you think yeah. it's okay. Because you might run into someone and say hi. People are being more friendly. And that's one of the great things about what's happening. Mm-hmm. But be prepared for it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 100%. Yep. And I've I've had this disease, and it's not fun. And I'm a I mean I was a pretty healthy person before I got sick, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean it did a number on me. Mm-hmm. You know, if I shudder to think if I had been not as healthy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. And 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 you know and I don't think people always realize of people around them that are high risk. Um, people may look at me. I'm I'm a very healthy, very active person, um, but I've had I had years where I had many cases of pneumonia um, and I have asthma. If mm. I were to get if I were to get sick, it, I I would very likely get very ill and need a hospitalization and. You know, but people may not think, oh, look, the conservation administrator out in the field. They don't know who could be, you know, who's at risk. So yeah. you should just protect everyone. Yeah. yeah. All right. Stomping Jen. I think that's a good transition into my questions. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start asking my questions. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Here comes the interrogation. All right. So I think... There may be people who are listening to us when we're talking about conservation who don't even know what that means. What is conservation? Ah, well, in Massachusetts, conservation commissions have two purposes. They are local boards that are appointed. They're not elected. um, And, you know, they're local boards and they do two main tasks. They're tasked with enforcing the Wetlands Protection Act, which is the state law. And then um, many towns also have a bylaw that that mimics that. And in addition, we acquire, manage, and preserve conservation lands. Um, And that could go anywhere from, you know, completely naturalized areas to agricultural sites. Um, So, you know, our two main goals are to protect the wetlands via the law, as well as to preserve lands. And then my department, we also are the stormwater authority, where we manage all of the construction, um, how people manage stormwater on their properties, when it discharges to a roadway. Basically, how do we comply with some of the EPA requirements for stormwater? Hmm, that's interesting. That's very specific. Like, I thought it was broader than that. Like I, th- You know, it... Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Go no, ahead. like... Um, for example, I thought maybe it somehow had to do with promoting solar use or um, somehow it was involved with recycling. So it's interesting to me that it has such a, um, a narrow focus, the wetlands and then acquiring conservation land. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, and there are different, there are definitely agencies that would focus on different things. And in the world of just say natural habitats, there are agencies like Department of Fish and Game that specialize in um, game species, you know, uh, trout or deer or basically hunting species. You have natural heritage and endangered species program that focuses on specifically preserving rare species. So you, you find that we tend to subdivide a lot because, um, mm-hmm. the technical knowledge, it can, can get kind of specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But I take a general philosophy that, um, because people think it is more general, my job is to be a civil servant to the citizens in our town. And if I can find a way to help them get those services, even if it's not like the mandate of the Conservation Commission, I find I think it falls under my job duties. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, so wetlands protection acquiring conservation land, managing stormwater runoff. Like, why should the average person care about any of these things? Uh, oh, there are so many reasons. Believe it or not, when we regulate wetlands in particular, we don't do it even though I do do it just to save the animals and the nature. Um, the point of the regulations actually protects a lot of people's personal and private interests. Like um, wetlands, for instance, can absorb storm waters so that you would not have flooding on your property if there was a big rain. Um, they can, um, they actually filter contaminants so that by the time they get into the groundwater and into your surface water drinking supplies, it's safe and healthy to drink. Um, they provide habitat and nurseries for smaller species that then become feed for larger game species that we'd like to harvest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and especially amphibians, um, which then feed a lot of the bird population. Yeah. So you know, the whole chain um, protects a lot of interests that we actually have in preserving our own private property and the larger species that we tend to have um, our hearts attached to more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, and then the, the storm, stormwater issue is interesting. Same thing with the flooding. Um, all of this management we do for stormwater if we're not managing it, your roadways are getting flooded, you're getting ice in the winter, um, and then the treat the things we use to treat these problems get into our groundwater, down into the Connecticut River, the Long Island Sound, like mm-hmm. nitrogen, phosphorus. Um, so, and, and that actually impacts whether or not we can go fishing in Long yep. Island Sound. You know, so say, things that. Oh yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that. Then that gets into your delicious your seafood. Exactly. What we do and then, here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And then I was just going to say, when it comes to conserving land, this is something people don't actually know. And I really like to push this. Conserved land actually costs less in town services to own and maintain than the loss in taxes due for a single family home. Single family homes are actually a drain on the tax resources of the town for every dollar I'm sorry, for every 70 cents that get put into a conservation land, there ends up being a dollar of generated revenue through activities in town. Um, So it's actually a financially long-term great plan for, you know, it costs towns less to keep properties conserved to then have them continuously be developed. Yep. So having, having a lot of 
conservation land that's accessible to people brings them to town they come in they they stop at the local deli they buy a sandwich they grab something on the way home from the packy whatever right exactly Boosts. and those lovely resources boost your home values in town yep yep yep, yep. you know i had a question about this stormwater runoff um yeah. i can totally i can so we live in a re- really rural town and i don't think some of the roads that we live and drive on even have like sewers like you see in more developed areas so is that is that something that you have to think about as a conservation administrator like are you um, yeah. yes actually yes yes um <laughs> when i think about a, a particular area in town that um, was originally a farm area and has recently mm-hmm. been developed into a lot of single-family homes, the very small and minor stormwater dra- drainage changes from those properties have actually created a significant and repeated flooding issue down that road and downstream to pre-existing homes. Mm-hmm. And you can't and you can't actually identify one home as having been the problem. It's just yeah. the general development and there are no catch basins to collect and treat and infiltrate um, the costs of constructing that infrastructure and then maintaining it are incredibly high yeah so we try to focus at least in Belchertown more on focusing on having this the new developments manage water on their own property so we don't have to go for large infrastructure um, can we use natural bioswales at the edge of the roads where that will channel into a wetland to be filtered as opposed to um, a catch basin where we'd have to get a sump pump and clean it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, as the town expands, how we're going to manage stormwater on some of those roads that used to be a lot more rural and right. are becoming more developed. Yeah. That's a, that's a question we have in our minds over the next few years. Yeah. So um, country folk listening to this, we need these conservation administrators. So our houses don't get flooded out here when we're building all these houses and on these farms and woods. Exactly. And I may be a full on flaming hippie who loves the animals, but there are actually also good reasons that these rules are in place that protect people aside from just, you know, the fairy little bunnies. All right. So aside from loving the animals and being, um, I'm going to quote you, Erica, a flaming hippie. Um, (laughs) why else, why else did you want to get into, um, this conservation work and why did you want to become a conservation administrator? I found the puzzle of it all fascinating. Um, if I'm going to, if I'm going to take the analogy to extremes, let's say the applicant wants to pave everything in a giant parking lot and the commission's goal is to have everybody back in teepees. Mm-hmm. Um, my job is to find what works for both parties within the bounds of the law. And it's like constantly a a new puzzle every day to solve. Um, How can I make sure this homeowner gets the use they need out of their property while also protecting the resources? And it allows me to use like mm, just an ever expanding database of new techniques, new plants to use, new creative ideas. I I like solving the puzzles. Mm. Um, Yeah. And Everybody has to do their part, and 
it's not often that you can say, I am saving the world literally one square foot at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we measure we measure our impacts one square foot at a time. And it's I can see them on the ground and I can see the improvements and I can see my community and citizens happy with the results and our resources protected. It, it, it's really nice to have the puzzles and then actually see concrete results. And, and I imagine putting together that puzzle relies on your your expertise and your knowledge. And I can imagine some of the people that you have to communicate to um, may not understand why the commission is making the decisions that it has to make. And you sometimes have to say no to people or, well, we can't do it that way. We've got to do it this other way. And that must be difficult sometimes, I could imagine. You know, it is it is really difficult. Um, occasionally, I'll see somebody having purchased a property, and they didn't know what they were getting themselves into, um, mm-hmm. and that is heartbreaking and really difficult. And in those cases, my position actually allows me to help them find ways to make it work. That right. when I see this terrible situation, I'm like, all right. I can't change the law for you, but what about this idea, this idea, this idea? And the vast majority of times when I have to say no, I I try my hardest to turn it into an opportunity of to to educate people about why this is important Mm -hmm. and to find out what they really want. And if I know what they really want, can I get it for them? And still protect my resources. Yeah. Um, And occasionally, I say 98% of the time it works. Occasionally, 2% of the time you get some very cranky people. Mm -hmm. And after a while, you just learn, no, I I know I'm doing my job right. And it's really for the the greater good. And you just keep with the calm demeanor. And eventually people, either they deserve the enforcement or they come around. Right. (laughs) Yeah, and, and you know, with I think most things, and in most disciplines, if you can understand people's goals, like you just said, I think you can, if you're patient enough, figure out multiple paths to a solution. Right, yeah. and if you spend that time with somebody, mm-hmm. I do. I actually do very little enforcement after two and a half years in Belchertown. Because of spending so much time, especially with contractors and people, and you know, basically, I'm I'm capturing minions, I'm converting them to my side, and <laughs> if it's a <laughs> mm-hmm. and if it's a pleasant experience, they're going to want to do. They get vested in what is a great idea, and, and I don't have to come back to enforcement. And nobody likes it. They don't like it. I don't like it. We'd yeah. all like to avoid it. So yeah, the vast majority of times we can help people understand all right, this is what you want in your need. Let me find your way to meet it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, um, since you became the conservation administrator, has there been a situation that has really surprised you? Anything that you were, you said to yourself, well, I was not expecting that. If you can communicate in a way that doesn't reveal specifics, uh, yeah, the the dozen solar projects that I yeah, can we? Yeah, can you like just really quickly like what are the pros and cons to a solar project? 
Um, so, you know, in general, solar is a fabulous project. Um, and, you know, there's some arguments about it being eventually carbon neutral, even if you take down trees. In general, I really struggle with that. But if it's legal, you know, then you can do what you want with your land. Um, you know, I personally really do think dual use on agricultural fields like taller um, solar fields where you can still graze cattle or grow mushrooms or hay is a really better idea than, say, clearing virgin land to put in um, solar farms. But ultimately, if someone files a permit on their private property, you know, you can't evaluate it on what I would want to do on the land. But um, six months in, I got 12 filings for giant solar um, fields. And it was some of the most technically complex work I've ever done with the regulations with stormwater mm -hmm. and they just didn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I didn't, I didn't expect that. Um, but I figure after that trial by fire, there's not much else Belchertown can throw at me, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you wait, oh, until you, you until we get to the rail trail discussion again. Oh yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, again, when I actually reached out to the people directly who expressed how concerned they were, mm -hmm. and I actually told them, no, we're not talking about going down your yard. And yeah. no, we're not looking at going down private tiny roads like Cheryl Circle. You know, we're looking at getting to the major path as much as possible, maybe even Route 9. And so people really did de-escalate after they mm -hmm. heard, you know, it, it, it wasn't a game of telephone once they got the real information. Yeah, and I'm sure yeah. some people will still be concerned and will, of course, talk to them and listen and plan with that in mind. And that's a question I had for you is how do you have that conversation with private landowners? If you do um, feel like you need, I don't know, can the Conservation Commission say we need to make an easement over your land or we would really like to get a piece of this um, 200 acres that you have so we could make a cut through trail. Like, how do you have that conversation with private landowners, landowners and approach them to convince them that maybe they oh, should? Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> approach and convince are probably two different <laughs> yeah. things. <laughs> um, the approach is generally, I'm, I don't know. I, I think I'm a pretty cheerful, friendly person. I would, you know, leave a, a phone call, see if I might be able to set up a site visit and let them know what the commission might want, you know, has interest in their land and let them know that there are funding opportunities, way that, ways this land could still may, be maintained in their ownership, ways that we could potentially acquire it, you know, give them all their options um, and see if the, any of them are interesting. And um, but in all honesty, one, I would never want to work with anyone who is not a willing and excited landowner. Mm -hmm. um, but two, um, the idea of eminent domain for something like this, the idea of coming in and saying we will take this uh, is legally ten um, questionable for a conservation trail and mm -hmm. really not going to fly in Belchertown. That that would just it's not the way to do business in this town, right. you know? Yeah. So I don't think anyone should ever have to worry about us trying to come in and force an easement or a trail. But if people are interested, we'd be thrilled. And there's many um, opportunities for tax credits, for, wow. um, 
yeah, for property tax reductions, for potential purchasing of the easement, and then your, ta- you know, your assessment goes down. There are options to make it financially beneficial for these owners as well. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because you know I am like you know, despite having this awesome podcast, just like a dumb guy who doesn't know anything about <laughs> conservation. And and that's like a question I had is like, you know, like maybe I thought the town maybe did think about doing easements or buying. And it's good to hear that that's not the approach that the town wants to take. And, you know, it it's, I think yeah. any, anybody who would be concerned about that and listening to this, I yeah. think you gave a really a good clear explanation that that's not even anything the town thinks about. Yeah. No, yeah. no. And I mean, when I think about even just the amount of money we'd have to expend for the legal costs of that, it, it, for the town to turn against the town hall. Oh God, no. Yeah. It's just, it, it's very self-defeatist. And, you know, and what's the point of providing a service to your citizens that they don't like or use? They, you know, that, right. that's yeah. really not the point of my job. So. Yeah. Now, if if somebody came to you tomorrow and said, okay, Erica, you can only focus on one thing as conservation administrator, do you have, do you, do you know what that one thing would be? Do you have like a, a a favorite area? Is it, is it the wetlands? Is it the exciting world of stormwater runoff? Um, (laughs) That must be it. I like it all. I'm a yeah. weirdo. <laughs> Even the stormwater. I think mm-hmm. it's really fascinating. Um, God, I mean, if you if you restricted me, I'd probably go with stormwater because it's a new and emerging field. And mm-hmm. I've been doing um, Wetlands Protection Act work and land conservation for about 20 years now. Um, so just for my own, like, wouldn't it be fun to learn new things? That might yeah. be it. But They're all awesome and they all really overlap, Um, even though they sound very specific. um, They tend to intersect quite frequently. You know, Mm -hmm. people have stormwater concerns where there are wetlands. And um, so, God, I I like it all. I'm going to look into that, actually. One of the things I I got fascinated with a few years ago was people who study um, traffic flow patterns. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, and how like... Uh, you know, a car that stops 20 miles down the road for five seconds can create a 50 mile backup, you know, 15 miles back. Like there's all these weird like um, physics and like, but it's also yes, psychology. It's, it's And it, also yeah. like fluid dynamics in a right. way. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yes. So it, I, it is. It's fascinating stuff. Yeah. So I could see how stormwater runoff would be fascinating in that sense like uh, you it know, is. A, a little diverter you put here it's like a it's like beaver science right wait wait yeah wait. erica's gonna explain to us what beaver deceivers are what's a beaver oh deceiver <laughs> all right so a beaver deceiver is it is usually it's a diversionary device that you can have something as simple as a cage that goes around a culvert and it just deters them from blocking up the culvert okay. um but like if you go up to the Scarborough Brook Conservation Area, you'll see beaver deceiver at both the upper and lower dam. And it looks like there's actually beaver dams there. Okay. What they did was they put some fencing there right against the dam. The mm-hmm. beavers continue to build the dam, but there's a tube that goes out and is in the bottom of the lake at the level that we want to keep the water at. Mm-hmm. And it shoots directly underneath the dam and out the other side. No kidding. So. 
Yeah, so the beavers think they're still building dams. <laughs> Stupid <But> beavers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is that those things? So, uh, so it's funny because we just were on the Norwalk Rail Trail, yeah, which runs from Belchertown to Northampton, and in the section between Belchertown and Hadley, no Amherst, uh, there's like all these wetlands that you are biking through. And there are like those cages. Is that what those are? Yes. Yeah. Um, those are beaver deceivers. Those are beaver deceivers. My kids were asking, "What? What are those things?" I'm like, "I don't know what they are." Yep. Yeah. So beavers are actually attracted to the sound of running water, and there's something instinctual about it that they hear it. They want to dam it up and create a wetland behind and build their lodge. Um, so when they hear those culverts going underneath the bike trail, they're like, Ooh, look, it's a place to plug. Mm-hmm. It's, it's instinct. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Where were so we? They just, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So they just try and keep them far enough away that the water can keep going through and they think they're doing their job. Yeah. yeah. We were in Conway, Massachusetts, hiking the, um, what was the name of that it road again? Station Road. Station it was like Road. like by the old station. Yeah. And there's a trail on like the side of a mountain that goes down to this old dam and the dam is still functional. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that our son Ted and I were noticing on the way down and back up is there were like these dozens of trees that some poor beaver had chopped down. And, or, but was, tried to or, chop, or tried to chop, tried to eat but, through. They were like huge trees. But un, unable to drag down the hill. Or oh my it's just, gosh. This poor beaver probably just dropped dead of exhaustion. <laughs> yeah, not the brightest animals. Oh but, my God. But bright enough where humans had to invent the beaver, beaver deceiver. deceiver. Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, one thing I wanted to, to to talk to you about briefly and ask you about is uh, two weeks, two weekends ago, three weekends ago, um, Stomping Jen was like, hey, let's stop at this conservation trail in our lovely town of Belchertown, Massachusetts. And in typical form, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. There's no good trails here. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, oh, no. I yep. will show you the good trails. Yep. And which one was it, Stomping Hall and Jen? Glenn. Hall and Glen. Right so off we, Route 9. You never know. Like, it's a really busy road So, so we got there. Here. And it was like stepping into a northern pine forest. Um, yeah. It was so gorgeous. I, and it, it was like right here in our backyard. I yeah. had no idea. Uh-huh. And and the trails have recently been re, um, re, um, actually redesigned with blazes for better access. Um, there's doing some tread work. We do have parking lot improvements planned. Uh, we've had a couple of snags because Pathfinder Vocational was taking down all the trees, but they're closed. Mm-hmm. They're um, a local school for those of you yeah. who don't know. Yep. Yeah, yep. Um, and then we've unfortunately um, realized that the curb cut onto Route 9 was never formalized. And we need to somehow fund an apron for $10,000. Um, but we'll find a way. Um, but I do hope by the end of the summer that you should see actually a, a defined parking area with some gravel um, and some signage so that people can see that more easily. Yeah. Because when you talk about that gorgeous pitch pine, um, you oh know, God. it's really it's gorgeous. And this is really exciting to me. So whippoorwills are uh, birds of special concern. They are endangered species, um, state listed. And just last spring, we had two confirmed 
um, mating call recordings on North Street and Gulf Road, which are right adjacent to Holland Glen, Mm -hmm. which so we know that there are whippoorwills in there. Um, We know there's also another population over by the Quabbin, so it makes sense they're in there. Directly to the south of Route 9, across from Holland Glen, we also own Wentworth, and that's another pitch pine. We just got contacted by um, UMass, the Antioch University, and they'd like to come in and do some studies for rare moths and the whippoorwills and do some wildlife habitat enhancement to attract those rare Mm. moths and, and, um, you know, yeah, because it's an established population. So we're hoping by the end of the summer to submit some grant applications to do some habitat enhancement on both those properties to attract the uh, endangered birds on. I'm really excited about that. That's yeah. super exciting. Isn't uh, that really great? Yeah, it, it is. I can't picture a whippoorwill in my head. <laughs> I don't know what, what is a whippoorwill. I don't know what they sound, but wait, hold on. Something like that. Like okay. a whippoorwill? It's like it sounds yeah, like, like that. That's thing. awesome. Like a whippoorwill. But I, and, and so I'm, so I'm going to reveal something here I've never discussed on the podcast before. Um, I prefer Ooh. pine forests to deciduous forests. I don't even know the difference. This is in one. I would have well, no idea. Deciduous forests are like um, forests made up of um, trees where their leaves fall down, like maples and oaks. That's a whippoorwill? Okay. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I prefer a pine forest. I like they smell better. They're nicer. They do smell better, and they feel more peaceful. I yes, and almost ancient because their leaves never die. Like you know, it feels ancient. I like it. They're nicer to walk along. I just I love them. And I have to admit, um, being a native of uh, uh, pines are like the only trees we ever had. Yep. So and where, I feel sorry. Cape Cod. Oh, Cape Cod. Cape Cod. You're a native of Cape yeah. Cod. Oh, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, um, yeah, we didn't ever have, um, but we, you know, there are deciduous trees, but the vast majority yeah. of forests there are pitch pine. And so to me, walking around Holland Glen and Wentworth mm-hmm. is a little taste of home. And yeah. Yeah. And pines are the superior species of trees. We all know it. They, <laughs> yeah. they grow, they grow where the, the conditions are harsh. That is true, but the mm-hmm. blight is trying to get them now, oh. so I don't know if they're going to mm. be superior for much longer. I know. I know. I love them, though. I, so, anyways, I was so thrilled that there was, like, it seemed like a predominantly pine-like forest up there on Holland Glen, so I was so I was so happy. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a very unique habitat, mm-hmm. and it's actually, that property is, well, I think they were closing it on 300 acres mm-hmm. something extensive land to go um, travel through the old M&M trail cuts through it. We're trying to find a way to connect it back up um, Mm -hmm. fully so that, you know, it's, it's really, um, there's a long range trail that you can use that for. And it's Mm -hmm. a fabulous, gorgeous property. And, you know, the the only thing that does stink is that um, municipalities cannot directly fundraise. Um, So if anybody actually does care Kestrel Trust is our partner in this, mm-hmm. and they can fundraise or accept donations towards right. these improvements. And they're funding a large portion of these improvements as it is. Okay. It's, yeah. called, it's called the Kestrel Land Kestrel Trust. Land Trust. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Kestrel Land how, Trust. So, how, so when you purchase uh, lands, conservation lands, how does one decide where the trail system goes in? Like, how do you decide? Like, is there a natural way that the woods 
go? Like, how, how do you decide where to blaze? Like, who decides all of that? Hmm, good question. Usually, yeah, that is a great question. Usually, I would ask somebody who has expertise in trail design to help me with that. Mm-hmm. That's not... I, I understand the general basics of, yes, you want to try and follow the general contour of the lines, of the topography. You want to try and hit major highlighting points. You want to avoid ter- things where you hit a dead end and have to turn around. You want to make loops so that people, if they get lost, they get back easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's some general principles. But um, in terms of creating a really nice, uh, uh, excuse me, a really nice trail system. We often work with conservation works because um, mm-hmm. they because they really specialize in that and do um, great design work for us. So there are people that actually specialize in trail design, is what I'm hearing. Yes, yes, it's design, cool. maintenance, and construction. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. a cool major. I want to learn how to do so that. So I've I've have to ask this question. Um, so I know it seems like you've spent a lot of time out in the woods. That I do, yes. Have you ever seen anything out there in the woods that you can't explain? Did you see Bugfoot? How dare you? I didn't want to ask a leading question like that. That's what he wants to know. That's He really wants to know. No, no, I have never seen Bigfoot. But I have discovered mating porcupines, and I was not sure what the heck that was. Oh, my my God. God. I can only imagine. (laughs) Oh, oh my God, the noises. And and I wish I could give them to you for your sound effects right now, but it sounded like We're going to find one. You just gave him a challenge. Porcupines mating in nature. Porcupines mating because it sounds like a deer dying slowly. It's really disturbing. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. All right, so nothing you haven't seen anything out there that you would describe as supernatural or a cryptid something you know an undiscovered species or anything like that no and sadly i'd really like to like mm-hmm. that would be really fun yeah um but no unfortunately i haven't seen anything that i think would be a cryptid um i, I can say that in terms of supernatural experiences Yes, at a cemetery or two. Yes, mm-hmm. but not out on my conservation lands. Um, oh, no, I will actually correct that. Okay. Yes, actually, I was up at the, I believe it's the Cadwell Forest in, is that in Pelham? Am I messing it up? Oh, but it's I don't at know. The top, yeah, top of the mountain in Pelham, and I was yep. out there. And we had just moved into the house that we were renting, and, um, we are talking about who must have lived on this land previously, and I went for a walk in the woods, and I would swear I started hearing some sort of chanting in a language that I mm. – that I, as an uneducated white woman, would have thought might have been a native language. Um, you know, understand that that's my bias, mm-hmm. but it, it sounded as if – and it sounded like a welcoming, like a, huh. oh, welcome to the forest and, you know, welcome to our space and um, went on for probably about two minutes. Wow. Um, but that's, yeah, but that's probably the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me on conservation land. Was it just voices or were there, were there musical instruments? There was, um, yes, drum beats. There okay. was definitely a low vibrating um, sense of drum beats. Um, hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, almost a low guttural chanting but it sounded very warm and welcoming were you alone or were you with somebody i was alone yeah and i thought i'd be terrified but it felt so welcoming 
that ah. I wasn't. Yeah. That's crazy. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it scared the crap out of my husband when I came home and told him he was convinced there were going to be ghosts in their house for like months. Did he? Did he? Did he go up there and check it out afterwards? He did, and then he kept saying that um, actually that the house in Pelham he would hear footsteps on the stairs, and and I eventually said I told the ghosts to please leave him alone because mm-hmm. he was scared of them, and then he never heard sounds again. Whether mm. that's whether that's um you know. What's the word? Uh, a placebo effect or not? Who knows? But mm-hmm. well, these uh, are the well. They listen to you. The forests of New England are deep and mysterious. Right. Like you know, maybe like wood nymphs. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. All right. Um, <laughs> have you ever been attacked by an animal in the woods? Oh, uh, well, not in the woods, but yes, on a lawn. Canada geese are evil. Oh, you'll love me for this. So. <laughs> Um, tell, tell us what happened. I want to hear it, but I will tell you something after. Okay. All right. So we were, I, this was when I worked in Hingham and we were try, actually doing a goose management plan on how we would do them. And I was going to try and locate some nests because one of the plans was we might actually addle or oil the eggs. And, um, yeah, the, the, the female goose found me and chased me and I tripped and I got <gasps> really poked hard with the beak oh multiple times and i'm like ah, ah. and as far as i know during that report that i did at that time the only known fatal attack on a human from a bird was a canada goose in the oh. early 70s oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, so go, i'm gonna die <laughs> I don't want to be number two, please. Exactly, no. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, they are nasty, horrible animals. I'm sorry. I, yeah, they, they really are. They're awful. So, and I know I'm supposed to be a hippie, but no, they're evil. <laughs> so one of the places I go walking in the evenings in our beautiful town of Belchertown is down by um, Lake, Wallace. Lake Wallace and Foley Field. And there's a soccer field there that the geese are absolutely destroying. Um, they're just like shitting all over it. They're digging it up. They're ripping out the grass. And so one of the things I do when I walk with the dog at night is I um, I release her far enough away um, to go chase them off of the fields, and she. You know, you could charge the town for that. There are dogs trained specifically to do that. <laughs> but I had to stop doing it because every time she chases them away, then she immediately switches to trying to eat as much of their shit as she uh, can. Uh, <laughs> so no. gross. Yeah. Like before I can get to her. And as I'm running at her, screaming at her, you could see her like rooting around faster, trying to get Ugh, there. It's horrible. Anyways, Ugh, I'm no doing more. my part trying no to, to, trying to Ugh. continue to make sure our, our, our public resources stay in Ugh, good shape. Our dog is. <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, yeah, dogs are gross in general. They, they really are, are really gross. You know, a, so I have a question. Yeah, so we have, we had a family of foxes living under our shed. Yes. And then we've been hearing some screaming noises coming from the woods that we can only assume are is the mother fox. It is. We know for sure it is. Forward away the potential attacks on her babies. Yeah. Yeah. And, yep. And she's been moving them around yeah. from yard to yard to keep them safe because we thought they were gone from yeah. our shed. And then the other day, I looked over and saw three little baby foxes poking out from under a different shed. Right. 
and our next door neighbors. Yeah. And, oh, wow. Yeah. But then last night, she was out there shrieking for hours. Oh, my God. She was so loud. Yeah. Oh, she'll be moving on soon enough. Uh, yeah. And, you know, a part of me is then wondering, I don't, I actually don't know if um, foxes will have an additional litter. Um, I don't know if they only do one litter for a season. I have to be honest. I'm not sure. Cause I think they do. This yeah. is not the first time this has happened. It's no. happened multiple years. Yeah, I mean, it seems yeah. like they get born, like, around March. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they start poking out around mid, mid-April. mid And by this point... They're, like, orange. They're orange by this point. Yeah, because they're not yeah. orange. So maybe it's the beginning of March, end of February they're born. But at any rate... Um, I had a couple other quick questions here I wanted to ask, (laughs) conservation related. Um, Do you have a favorite book about nature or conservation? Oh, um, shoot. You know, I I don't think I... Or just a favorite, or just a favorite book. All right. um, Flowers for Algernon. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's, yeah. Do you know that one, Stomping Chad? Yeah, I had to read it in school. Yeah, I I loved it. It was, oh, Charlie, I still know his name. Feeling him slowly get, like, it it just gave me such a huge sense of empathy for what happens in other people's heads that they have their own entire world, um, you know, just like I do inside my head. And I just found that book to be really um, formative and how I view people and developed empathy and stuff like that. Yeah. And it says something about, right, um, not valuing people um, uh, because of temporary sure, because of temporary guess. changes in their lives, and I don't know. Yeah, and I think that that you know that the a human's life has value, whether you're brilliantly gifted or successful or yes. not. That everybody that even if you don't think they feel and suffer the way you do, that everyone experiences that. And yeah. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Thank you. Yeah. I think I went, <laughs> I went at it from a weird angle, but yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Um, all right. Um, do you, ha- so kind of a similar question. Is there a, do you have a favorite song about nature? Oh God. Oh, man, about nature. I know what yours is. What's mine? Starry, starry night. That's not about nature. It's about the starry sky. No, it's about that's about the artistic process and not being appreciated until after you're dead. Starry, starry night. Stomping Jen is referring to the song Vincent by Don McLean. I hate that song. Do you know that one, Erica? I actually don't know that song, but I can imagine now, like knowing Vincent Van Gogh and I can imagine the statement it's making about the process. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not really about nature. My favorite song about nature probably is Natural Beauty by Neil Young off of Harvest Moon. Oh, you just wrote oh, about that. Yeah, I just wrote a little thing about it on Facebook. Um, That's yeah. fantastic. You know, see, it's interesting. Um, music is probably one of those things that I don't, let's say, get the same way that other people do, the way that, you know, some people really connect and find a lot of meaning and power in music, Mm -hmm. um, especially the lyrics and the musicality of it. Um, I I was a dancer for a very long time and I love to dance, but I think that's how I connect to music. So like Mm -hmm. a song about nature 
you ask me what song I want to shake my booty to, I might have a different answer. But (laughs) do you have a favorite dancing song? All right. Um, right now at this moment, um, it's my, my lip, my lip gloss is popping. What is that? I haven't heard of it. My lip gloss is popping. Uh huh. It's like this um, little hip hop song with this. Um, it's a young girl, and she's like, mm-hmm, "My lip gloss is popping, and I'm so hot." Did it? And, and I'm just like to walk around <laughs> talking about how I am so hot in my own house. Mm-hmm. That's so cute. I love it. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I think being outside and hiking and all of that stuff has a physicality to it, kind of like dancing in a way. You There's are a rhythm yes. To it. Yeah. Actually, yes, I think you really did nail um, the same kind of feeling that I get from both of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. you got to place your feet on the rocks just the right way. Or, l- or like me, you face you plant in Holland Glen. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, it, as a professional klutz who has had way too many turns on crutches um, for anyone who should ever publicly admit it. Um, the best part is when you practice, you learn how to take the fall. Like, you know, if you fall down a lot, you're like, look, mm-hmm. I can roll and stand up like a badass. Yep. 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 I, I was so surprised. I didn't have time. I just like, I, I heard it. Yeah. I heard a cracking as I was going down. I was like, <gasps> I was like, okay, that was either my ankle or a rock clacking together. And it was I, a rock. Oh, I'm, thankfully. It was a rock. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully. All right. Um, one other question I have to know the answer to. Um, are you in favor of DEET repellents or non-DEET repellents? Where do you stand on DEET? I use DEET every time I walk into the woods. Me too. I would, I would, I wouldn't, well, I don't want to. I, I, will, st- I will take, I will take the long-term minimal potential cancer risks over the Lyme disease and all the other fun things that are going around at the moment. Ugh. Although that new tick disease that's making everyone allergic to red meat as mm-hmm. a vegetarian, I'm not sure how opposed I am to that one. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it could solve a lot of problems actually for the earth. It, it, it could, it could. Except may- for it's an ana- anaphylactic reaction and I don't really want people oh, geez. to die. Oh, geez. Yeah. 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 Well, we could, we could ramp up production of EpiPens. This isn't you such know? a crisis. Right? It's not such a crisis. <laughs> but this could be this could be um this could be the earth's way of kind of saying knock this animal husbandry shit off people. It, 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 yes, I, I I don't know that that's necessarily wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I right. agree. Um if it's not too personal, um worst place you've ever got a tick and do you have any <laughs> tick removal tips? <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, since I recently lost one in my buttocks cheek, it can't seem to get the head out. I don't know if I'm the right <laughs> oh, one no. to ask for removal advice. It's currently in there right now. Oh my oh, god. <laughs> um, but luckily, I haven't had any t- two horrible spots where a tick okay. bit me. But I will say, I went 28 years without being stung by a bee, and I actually oh. have a beef. I yeah, I have a bee phobia, and. When I was 28 and I was out doing a delineation, I got stung in the hoo-ha. And oh, it confirmed gosh. all my worst fears. Oh, my God. It was awful. It was, was, that the, awful. was that the first bee sting you received? That was the first bee sting I'd ever had. And it was right on the hoo-ha. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. And it was in front of two of my male coworkers. Oh, my God. Running around trying to swat the thing off of my crotch. And I'm like, oh, my God, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Million in one shot. 
Jeez. Oh, yes. Oh my god. And I'm like, no. And he, luckily, I did. He got off before I had to take the pants off. Oh, jeez. So next step is that they were coming right off. But. Oh my lord. <laughs> what do you think about these murder hornets? What are those things? Oh, called? The, the Japanese murder hornets. Uh, those things are yeah. scary as fuck. They're super scary. They're now, huge. The one, they're they're massive and they're terrifying. On the one plus side, invasive insect species are not anything new. Um, these guys tend to compete with the Euro- the European honeybees, which are actually not our native honeybees, which are mm-hmm. the larger concern. They could have an impact on the agricultural stock, um, but it's not something we are used to having to deal with no. um, invasive species, especially insects. So the real I think the the reason why it's huge in the news, Mm because I mean, we've got the Emerald Ash Borer, we got all these things. It's huge in the news because, holy crap, they're fucking terrifying looking. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're scary as fuck. And I saw a a video where bees have figured out how to beat them. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you know how they do it? How? So what they do um, is when one of those things gets into the nest, right? If it's a bunch of them, there's not much the bees can do. But if it's just like one, mm-hmm. and those things are like badass enough where they typically only send uh-huh. one of them into a hive at a time because mm-hmm. one of them can just destroy an entire hive. Mm-hmm. So the bees have figured out if they jump on top of the thing, like mob it and swarm it, and mm-hmm. they flap their wings really fast, mm-hmm. it heats up the murder hornet and it dies. Oh my God. Yeah. They literally cook it. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, I believe the bees, are, it's like two to four degrees that they can survive higher yep. than the Asian, oh yeah, the murder hornet. Yeah. So they, they surround it and cook it alive in their nest. Yeah. That's fucked yep. up. Now, they're more badass than that murder Seriously. hornet. Seriously. Exactly. Like, well, that's not fucked up, uh, <laughs> you know, Jen. I think that's actually the best way to handle a yeah. marauder in your, no, I your mean, colony. Just, I mean, yeah. nature is incredible. That's all I have to I say. I feel about bad that. for the poor yeah. little bee, though, that's like first into the pile, you know, on, on the hornet, because he's going to. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. We yeah. can all band together. It's like, it's like taking the dive over the grenade for your buddies. Oh my God. All right. Um, one more I have to ask you about. Um, how do you feel about deer? Are they just the rats of the woods? Deer are a actually a you know vital prey species. Part of the issues is that the elimination of some of our of many of our larger predators um, means that the deer population easily grows out of control. There's plenty of resources and nobody eating them. Um, so yes, their populate, they need to be culled. They yep. need their population to be controlled. Um, like uh, I think, you know, hunts are an incredibly important way to do that. Um, otherwise they die of disease and starvation mm-hmm. and, you know, so it's a lot more humane for the deer. Um, and I don't really think of them as the problem so much as that we've removed all their natural predators. So yeah. now we need to take their place. Yeah. We um, need we need to reintroduce wolves immediately into the quadrant. Oh, I just read a fascinating article about all of the major changes from reintroducing wolves into Yellowstone. And it wasn't just that, you know, oh, some of the larger prey went down. The niches that had been suppressed before began to grow, vegetation grew, um, mm-hmm. animals that returned to the park that hadn't been there for decades because of the lack of competition with like the elk and such. So yeah. it, 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 it's actually 
really important to the ecosystem. I would support that 100%. Yeah, and also... And, and wolves are awesome. Yeah, and also now, when you tell kids not to go into their into the woods, <laughs> they just look at you and laugh. They're like, ha, ha, yeah, there's nothing out there. We put, exactly. We put wolves back out there. Yeah. You tell your kids yeah. not to wander off. They're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and like, no one's really scared of the black bears anyways. They're just wusses, so... Yep. Now, do yeah. you think, is there any possibility that we have a small but hidden reproducing population of mountain lions in the area? There are bobcats. There are bobcats. Yeah. Yeah. I do believe so. Yes. Um, having, I would say 10, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. um, having been on a Thanksgiving night where my father and I had a little bit of Irish whiskey and decided to take the kayak onto the mm. Swift River at midnight <laughs> with, <laughs> with a giant xenon flashlight. Yeah. Um, and we got stuck on a log and all of a sudden I started hearing what I believe was the cougar or mountain lion call. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a woman screaming yep. and shrieking. Yep. Um, I've heard them. Mm-hmm. So I do think that that would be yeah, and especially with so much undeveloped land going out through the Berkshires, I think that it's very likely we do have some. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, I, I can't base that on anything other than my own personal experiences because I'm not a wildlife expert, but that's my thought. Right, I'm not going to ask this question which that you one? here. Which one? <laughs> he has this question. Is it legal to hit a dog that is off-leash on conservation land with a stick? <laughs> <laughs> um, if it is charging you yes oh. if it is just running around you are allowed to defend yourself from an attacking animal um okay. but, but no, I, I would strongly suggest we don't whack dogs just randomly with sticks uh, unless it's our dog uh-huh. You can hit yeah, dog. Because, well, it, Oh, if it's your dog, that's fine. No, no. Uh, when we were at Holland Glen, a, a, a group of young people had a rambunctious um, dog off-leash that charged at me and jumped on me. And, and in all honesty, in that situation, yeah. not knowing the temperament of a dog... Uh, I, you, I would never, I don't think anyone would hold you responsible for not being sure whether you're being attacked or not. Yeah. And then he asked the owners to please put their dog on a leash and they looked at him like he had five heads. Yeah. They gave me the stink eye. What is wrong with people? And I was like, I should have hit your dog with a stick. I didn't say that, but that's what I thought to myself. (laughs) You know, I don't blame you for that, but it sounds like to me, it's probably not the dog's fault because he's got bad owners. You probably should hit them with a stick. Yeah. Yeah. I know all about that. Assault on conservation land is now (laughs) acceptable. You heard it here first. No, that is not what Erica said. I'm kidding. I was totally kidding. Okay. I was kidding, people. All right. And how would you rate your survival skills? We need to know. Oh, well, I mean, depends. Are we talking in the woods or are we talking like, you know, in the city post-apocalyptic style? That's a great question. I think I meant in the woods. All right. In the woods, I'd probably rate me like a seven or an eight. Would you go on that show? What's the name of that show you like? Alone? Uh, No, the naked one. Naked naked and and afraid? Naked and (laughs) afraid. Wait, do I have to be in the woods naked? (laughs) Oh, yeah. You've never seen this show? (laughs) No. What channel's that? Oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's It's so ridiculous. It's on the Discovery Channel. So what they do is they take... Two strangers. Two strangers, opposite sex, who have never met each other before... 
and they put them together in extreme survival situations, completely naked. Right, you're not allowed to. What? Yeah. Who made that pitch? I don't know, but people, <laughs> yeah. you watch it all the time. It's a funny oh, show. I need to see this now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's genius, it sounds like. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> naked and afraid. <laughs> Yeah, right. I think I would probably die because, like, I am wait. I'm too thin. I have no insulation. I get hypothermia the first night. That'd be it. And it is. <laughs> but if you clothed me. Yeah, it is usually like the super like thin people who tap out. Like the first rainstorm that comes along, if yeah. they don't have fire, they're done. Yeah. They can never. They can never get their feet back under them. Yeah, yeah, and and you know because you, you really you just don't have the insulation to to keep mm-hmm. you warm and yep. Wouldn't yep. you fatten up before you go on a show like that? You think maybe. Yeah. That think sounds maybe. like the best. That sounds like the best month of my life, to be honest. Mm. Really, like excuse to eat everything, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. One yeah. last conservation question. <laughs> it's a re- it's a responsible question. Responsible, so, what yeah. can the what can the average person do in our town to support um, conservation efforts? What can we all do to help you do your job better and to help us all have? Um, more of these beautiful, you know, spaces we can go hang out in. Yeah, um, I think that the there are two large ways that the average person can make sure they, you know, um, get involved. And that would be uh, supporting our articles at town meeting. For instance, this town meeting will have a CPC article um, to hopefully match a grant to acquire a property um, up off of Gulf Road. Um, so coming to town meetings and supporting um, articles that do um, that provide conservation is a big one. Um, reaching out to land trusts or directly to commissions if you'd like to contribute, um, be it through financial donations or through labor and volunteer work. Um, those are the other ways to do it, too. We, um, we can't solicit, but anyone can always say to the town, here, we'd like to give this gift to the town. Mm-hmm. But I also utilize a lot of volunteers. Um, you know, we have a volunteer registration link on the conservation website. You don't have to fill out all the information on it. I just like to collect um, emails of people who might be interested in certain properties. And then I can tell you, do you want to do a project? Do you want to host a cleanup? Do you, you know, Mm-hmm. there's so many ways if people use our lands, they are investing in the commission, um, you know, and help us clean them up, come to cleanups, you know, things like that. Okay. Thanks. I actually, now I thought of two additional. Okay. I mean, things. Um, let's check in with Eric. I know. Are, hey, we're, are you we're already talking about, we're already at an hour and 25 minutes. So we'll check it's, in. It's entirely up to you guys on the terms of your podcast. I'm not rushing anywhere. Oh, we, oh we'll we, go. We'll go for we'll three go, and a half we'll go, hours. We'll go as long as you want. We'll go. <laughs> yeah, we we promise. We'll just keep going. We promise we won't do that to you, though. Yeah. No. So I know one of the challenges that you have are people riding ATVs on on conservation land. Yes. And yeah, and it's and it's difficult because it's a fun activity. You know, it's there's nothing wrong with riding ATVs. It's just, it does significant damage to the trails um, and to wetland resources. You know, the, the tires churn up the stability of the soil structures and it, it leads to long-term damage to resources. And when we get these properties um, through grants, the conservation restrictions very explicitly will require us to not allow those activities. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know I saw a post when people were talking about this on social media, and one of the uh, 
what I thought was sort of an innovative way to think about it was like having a coordinated trail system of people's lands that people could utilize for ATV purposes. Like, is that something that landowners would have to get together and coordinate? Is that something that would be under your purview as a conservation like administrator? Like, or is that something that volunteer people would need to coordinate on their own? If there were landowners that were willing to consider it, I'd be more than happy to serve as a point to, to help people, you know. But as private landowners allowing private access, it would be ultimately up to them, their decisions, their rules. Right. Um, the other option that we had been discussing is exploring if there are any lands in town that don't have those restrictions that could we host um, – occasional events where we allow that and potentially use it as say like a fundraiser for these properties. And, you know, so I think that I'd like to explore other options that the town might be able to provide, but the best bet for people who want to be able to use ATVs at the moment is to try and um, approach private landowners. Um, The other way is that if people who um, ride ATVs are to organize themselves before they get a willing landowner, having an organized, um, having an organization like the snowmobile club does, it presents some sort of responsibility. Like we, they can go on our lands because we know who to call if they damage it and that that they'll fix it. Um, So if ATV owners were to have a loose coalition approaching private landowners and approaching the town, they might have a little bit more, um, I don't want to say trust, but do you know, like a, yeah. a professionalism. Little give and take. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Accountability yes. and responsibility. Yeah. yeah. I get right. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. 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 The other thing that I found fascinating that came up recently when we were talking was an idea that you were talking about was food forests. Which I had oh. never heard of. And then randomly, um, Sawtooth's cousin was volunteering at one in her town in Salem, Mass. I don't I, think I've ever heard of this. Right? It's the coolest concept ever. And I, I sent it to you, right, Erica? I was like, is yes. this what you're and talking was like, about? It was so cool. Yes. And it was perfect. And I'm like, yes, exactly. Uh, you know, dual use is a fabulous idea as we get more and more developed land, less undeveloped land. Why not, you know, provide food for people? And that's also habitat value. The animals will also benefit from that as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, dual use. Is a food forest a like a plot of forest where you grow vegetables in or it's where you can go and harvest like naturally growing foods? What is that? It tends to be constructed in a way that would be less maintenance required so that it is sort of naturalized. Um, People will tend to use perennial plants. Um, Mm -hmm. They might select trees like oaks for acorns, pawpaws for their fruits, blueberries, raspberries. And some people, depending on the lighting, will be able to have, you know, vegetables growing or um, like certain viney things like beans might make it and trellis in the area. Chives. Um, Yes. Chives (laughs) Chives would go crazy. Exactly. Chives, garlics, mustards, onions, Mm -hmm. all of those would do well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so So, fascinating. Right. It's a cool concept. Yeah, it is. I had never heard of it before. Right. And you could even try colonizing mushrooms out there. Yeah. Which I think is awesome. Why? Really? Um, I'm just, I'm terrified of, 
Eating thinking, the wrong yeah, thing. thinking I know what the right mushroom is, and then yeah. having my like yeah. liver melt because we'll be, I ate the wrong thing. <laughs> we'll be out. We'll be out hiking, and we. I think once when we were in the White Mountains, and we learned about chaga, chaga. Chaga, chaga yeah. mushrooms, right? Yeah. So every time we're out hiking, Sawtooth will be like, "Are those chagas?" <laughs> I can take it home and make tea, and we're always like, uh, no. "Is it chaga?" I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, I've come too. Oh. I've come too far to roll that particular dice. At this chaga, point in my life. Chaga yeah, dice. I just it's like chaga roulette. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, but that's why you you take the you know the wood you've chopped down and you inoculate and you and you inoculate it with like little spores in the wood mm-hmm. so you know exactly what's going to yep. grow out you can like order them and grow your own oyster mushrooms in your backyard Super that's cool. awesome right yeah mm-hmm. yeah i love it all right <laughs> i love it was that the end of our concert i think we're that's the end of, yeah that's the out. end of my concert unless there's anything questions. you want to plug about conservation yeah i mean we want to give you the final word on the conservation concert wait i knew i was going to screw that up the conservation conversation <laughs> conservation Ooh, conversation that is a tricky one are we going to name our episode that we That's, might have to you call have to it. write that down so you don't forget it concert he'll be like, like it what is the title of our episode i'm like i don't fucking know Just come up with we'll something. make it up as we go there you go and look, inspiration hit you conversation okay <laughs> i got it stomping <laughs> Yeah, no, I'd, I'd say the only thing that I really would like to plug is to, um, you know, to, to people who are listening, if you're citizens in Belchertown, please do vote at town meeting to support our CPC articles um, and acquisition articles. Please do consider registering on our page for um, volunteer work. We have office work. We have field work. Um, and I train up my minions and write fabulous letters of recommendations and make connections so everybody gets something. Mm-hmm. Um, please do reach out. I will always have something for people to do if they um, if they care about conservation. Cool. All right, get out there and volunteer, people. Yeah, exactly. Bring All me right. my minions yep. and vote. vote. Yes, vote. Yeah, it's, no, and not don't... just a town meeting. Yes, vote. Oh, that's right. Period. All the time. Yeah, you don't get to complain if you don't vote. That's exactly. what I say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. All right, well, we're going to transition into the part of the show where we talk about nonsense. You know, nonsense. So if you want to if you want to step <laughs> off, I'm, I'm sure... You, you can join us or not. Jo- it's you, up to you. Yep. It's totally up to uh, you. Yeah, I might start getting ready for bed soon. Okay. But, you know, All right. I've had a lovely time, guys. This is a blast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I can't thank you enough for coming on and chatting with us about this. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe, I did as well. Maybe in the future we can have you back. We can ask you some more questions. Yeah. Or you can just like join that. us and not talk about yeah. conservation. Or you can just hang <laughs> out. Thrift, yeah. thrift shop thing. Or we can just hang out. That's that's cool I, too. I like that plan. Okay. I think I'm pretty cool. I'll grace you guys with my presence again. I I'll agree. <laughs> All right, Erica. Thank you, Erica. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was fun. I enjoyed talking to her. <laughs> You're like... You- You've like a memorized script. Well, uh, that was fun. Well, I, it was fun. I know it was. That's why I invited yeah. her. I thought it would be. Did you like fun. my list of questions? You were very well. Was prepared. I well prepared? You were very well prepared. Okay. Especially liked your dog on off leash. <laughs> <laughs> that was a serious fucking question. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. You crack me up. That was a serious question. All right, All we're right. almost at the tail end. Let's wrap this. Sh- all right. Um, what do we want to talk about? Um, how are we entertaining ourselves? In front of a live studio audience. <laughs>
And it's another bumper. If you've made it this far, can you make it another few more minutes? Yeah. You want to call somebody? Who are we going to call? Nobody. Let's not call anybody. um, It feels so weird doing it with just you and me now, though. Even has, no, I no. I think we're alone now. Doesn't seem to be mm. anyone around. Keep singing. Um. Oh, I should have asked a question about getting busy in the woods. Oh, I didn't have that on my list. Next time. Oh well, we'll just have to have her on again. Yeah. Now she'll be prepared for that question. And we'll be able to surprise. Oh, okay, she'll listen to this. Now she's never coming back on. They're going to ask me if I ever got busy in the woods. Oh, wow. All right. That's how she got the tick in her ass. Oh, God. (laughs) Just kidding. Sorry, Erica. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I um, in the army had to remove a tick from somebody's balls. (laughs) Yeah. My um, bunk buddy. Mm Mm-hmm. Got a tick on his balls. And I had to pull it off. That sounds yeah, captivating. Anyways. All right. Um, so we're still doing... I'm going to play some of um, Joshua Michael Stewart's social distance rag while we talk. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. We like his social distance rag. This is written by our good friend Joshua Michael Stewart. Okay. We love this. Inspired by all the motherfucking assholes out there who are not social distancing. Or wearing a mask. Yeah. I love this. I wish I could just... Oh, can I put it on repeat? Yeah, okay. Alright, um... What are we doing, Stompin' Jen? How are we entertaining ourselves? I don't know. We're sort of in a show hole. We finished high maintenance. We are in a show hole. Uh, I'm we, so sad that high maintenance is over because we still can finish the rest of the short. That show had me feeling so good about myself in life. I know. It just had me in such a positive mindset. We needed a good show like that. Right. Um, and it's weird because like I keep asking for recommendations from people and yeah. like I think we gotta push a little further into this Tales from the Loop. Why? I just think I think it will be good. I want to watch, go watch an episode actually after we finish this up. No, oh, we're not going to watch more of the Patriot. We can watch. It's called Patriot, by the way, Sorry. not the Patriot. Whatever, Patriot. Um, so we finished high maintenance, and I'm sad about that. Um, our good friends um recommended to us Patriot on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. which seems to be a story about a CIA operative and his family. And the CIA operative guy. It's absurdist. It's not. It's a black comedy. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, also a folk singer. Yeah, and it's it's entertaining. <laughs> you don't like it. And it, no, I don't dislike I don't it. Not like it. No, I. It hasn't hooked you. It hasn't hooked me yet, but it might hook me. There are shows that took me a few episodes to get into in the past that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that like I don't high like maintenance. it. High Maintenance was a couple of episodes before yeah. I really fell in love with the character. Yeah. The guy. Um, let's see. That's about it. And we're still doing this 20 albums challenge. Yep. Right? I have three more. What are your three I, more? I, I have a plan. I, I've mapped it out. So now I know what I'm doing. What are they? I've left my top three. 
What? The trio. You know what I'm talking about. Um, I don't. Tell me. The Maynard trio. I still don't know what you're talking about. Tool, a perfect circle, and Pussifer. I thought you weren't going to put Tool on your list. I changed my mind. Okay. That's fine. Uh, let's see. What were mine? Where did we leave off last week? Let's see. So some recent ones for me were... Oh, you're naming what you've put on? <laughs> yeah. I'm naming what I haven't yet put on. Oh, I'm naming what I put on last week. I put on... Um, let's see. Tom Waits, Bone Machine. That's a good album. Yeah, Bone Machine I put on mm-hmm. my list. Then I put on Just Amused to Death. Yep. By Roger Waters. I put on The Wall. This is taking too long. By Roger Waters and Pink Floyd. I put on Neil Young, Harvest Moon. Mm-hmm. It should take like two seconds. Then I put on Lou Reed, Magic and Loss. Why is this taking so long? Then I put on... Graceland. Paul Simon, Graceland. I know your list better than you. How dare you? You want to hear my whole list? Yeah. Go ahead. Tori Amos. Okay. This is taking too long. Nine Inch Nails, Madonna, Cindy Lauper, George Michael, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. You're not naming the albums. This isn't your top top artist list. Tori Amos, Little Earthquakes. Downward Spiral, Nine Nails, Madonna, Madonna, Cindy Lauper, She's So Unusual, Faith, George Michael. You're taking too long. So Far, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Metallica, The Black Album, Pink Floyd's The Wall, The Singles Soundtrack, Bjork Debut, Debut, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, Sublime, 40 Ounce to Freedom, Soul Coughing, I don't know the name of this album. What's the name of this album? Ruby Room. Portishead's Dummy, The Fugees, The Score, Alice in Chains Unplugged from MTV. Mainly because I miss MTV. Do you want your MTV? I do. I want my MTV. All right. <sighs> Hour and 40 minutes. You want to call it an, call yeah, it an episode? I'm that was a lot of fun, actually. I know. I'm, I'm I nervous think I wanna, we're not going to get much TV. In. I think I want to go back to one guest. One guest? I think two guests is one guest too many. You think so? Yeah, I I really enjoy being able to focus on one person and talk to them. What's that? What are you doing? What do you mean, what am I doing? What is that? Oh, you can't hear anything. No, just don't do that. What do you want to play? Tell the me. The porcupines mating. No. Um... Here, put that down. I'll play it better than you. Why... <laughs> I have it, my phone, connected to the board. Yeah, but you got to find a good... um Porcupine mating. Sounds. Sounds. Okay. All right, here we go. Ready? Porcupine mating. Here we go. That's the one I tried to play. Yeah. Yeah, wrong. Nope, listen. Find the porcupine mating season. Easy, okay. What's that scream? The porcupine is mounting. Now he's hammering away. Yeah, play this other one. Hold on. Oh, they're just railing each other. They're not... No sounds. 
the porcupine ran away. Now the other porcupine is chasing it. Don't do it that way, I'll find it. Porcupine scream. Okay, here we go. Oh, porcupine mating song. That's probably good. Oh, fuck it. Okay, here we go. Yep. Sounds like a porcupine meeting. Alright, that's enough of that. Yeah, that wasn't as exciting as I thought yeah. it might be, but it's pretty All right, sad. Stomping Jen. Yes. That's it, right? That's it. Okay. Anything we want to plug? I do want to plug my other podcast, Routine Expedition. Okay, you could find it on all the places you get podcasts. That's a show-by-show show review of Land of the Lost. Um, we want to plug our friends. Um, um, I think the GoFundMe's over. Psychotherapy practice. Amherst psychotherapy practice. Mm-hmm. So during these difficult times, COVID-19, if you're in need of... Um, psychotherapy. Mental health services, give them a call. And her psychotherapy practice, okay? Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Actually, so let's scratch that one right now. The mm-hmm. Black Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. The Black... Black Labyrinth, Labyrinth Tattoo, Tattoo Syndicate. Tattoo Syndicate right now has a um, shirt fundraiser. Mm-hmm. The design is by the artist Dead Leg. It's pretty cool. It's a... Um, Yar. <laughs> what is Yar, that? It's a... Is it's a dead. sigil. It's a protection Yarr. sigil. It's pretty cool. Yar, they don't call me peg leg. They call me dead leg. Yar. Because my leg died and I left it attached to my body. Yar. <laughs> now it's dead. Now it's dead. Anyways, check them out. Yar. Yar. All right. Black Labyrinth Tattoo Syndicate in East Hampton, Massachusetts. Okay? Yep. All right. All right, I'm Fuckers. yawning. It's time to go. No, it's not. First, we have to rethank all, all the, the people peoples. on the front lines, okay? You know who you are. Essential workers, people keeping our fucking country running, okay? Yep. Everybody else, thanks for listening. Thanks for being mask. there. Stay home. Wear, Wear a, a mask. fucking mask, you fucks, okay? Wear a mask. And finally... Bye now. Do we love people? We always love people. Are we in a loving mood tonight? Sure. All right. So, people of Earth, we love you. Bye now. And um, I don't want to say bye now for some say reason. It. Why can't I do it? I don't know. But I'm going to leave the studio. Are you really going to leave? Tired. Okay. Are you going upstairs? We're not watching TV. No, let's find the dog. All right. People. Take care. We love you. We'll see you on episode 82.
America knows that this world of ours, ever growing smaller, must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate. Those who have freedom will understand also its heavy responsibility. That all who are insensitive to the needs of others will learn charity, and that the sources, scourges of poverty, disease, and ignorance will be made disappear from the earth. And that in the goodness of time, all peoples will come to live together in a peace guaranteed 